Hey there. Welcome to Processing the Process podcast. My name is Ness, and I know life can be pretty overwhelming. So that's why we talk anxiety, inner child healing, trauma, self-love, and everything in between. Here we learn how to chill the hell out, savor our food, process our shit, and take life one moment at a time together. Hey, homies. How we doing? Welcome to Processing the Process. It's your girl, Ness. What's up? I hope you're having a good week so far or wherever this podcast finds you on. I hope this day has been decent. Okay. I hope it gets a little better. I am so tremendously grateful that you're here. Thank you so much. Today's episode, I am joined by my all-time best friend. Uh, We've known each other since we were practically like fresh out preschool. Okay. It's been a long time coming. We probably have almost 20 years of friendship underneath our belts. And it is a beautiful thing too. Um, Growing with Angelica, learning with Angelica, and just I don't know, witnessing someone else's growth, I guess, and having and having like a front row seat to someone else's life in the most like loving way is the coolest thing in the world. And our bond is fucking sick. I, I, I don't know any other relationship or friendship that I have where it's so comfortable and it's so easy and I'm able to communicate how I feel and she's able to communicate how she feels effortlessly. And at the end of the day, we just like have each other. We don't have to talk every single day. Um, we're also, we're pretty bad at it. <laughs> we don't really text often, but we know where we stand all the time. And it is just, oh my God, it, it is a nonverbal agreement and it is amazing. And I, I hope that one day you too find yourself in a relationship or a friendship where you experience that too, because it is, it's amazing. We have visions of doing wheelchair races in nursing homes when we get older and we're sticking to it. Okay. We got a timeline. <laughs> Today's episode is just all about reminiscing the past, but also talking about our futures, and specifically Angelica's passion with mental health among athletes. She is an athlete herself. She's been playing sports literally all her life, and she has a lot to say about that, especially when it comes to athlete mental health. I hope that you have something you can take away from our discussion and just enjoy, you know, like we just, it's a good, it's a good vibe. It's a good relationship all the way around. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey! <laughs> so yeah, you've been my best friend yeah. since we were like five, six. I think yeah. it's five. Yeah. 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 So that's like 21 years now. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was, I, I remember like when I moved into my house, they, the realtor was like, oh, well, there's a nice family that lives behind you guys and they have young kids. So you might have a friend there. And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and you couldn't get rid of me. Oh, man. Oh, but it was, it's, it's the best. It's the best. But, um, oh my gosh, we have to give some background to that. So VNA TV. So there's a point in our childhood where we're like, yo, YouTube is it. We're going to make money. And, <laughs> oh, and Angel- you know, Angelica had a little digital camera. Oh my God. And we would put little videos together. She had like an editing software system. Um, and uh, we would just, yeah, we would put like your, your little computer section in the I corner know. of your room. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> and we would put these, so you can't find these videos now because they're, they're gone. But um, there's one distinct one where we, we like Taylor Swift. 
at the, you know, like, <laughs> like any other nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid. Um, oh my God. Yep. And, and, and we had this idea where I was like, I'm going to come down the basement steps you and you're, music we did, we did. I said, Angelica, you're going to, you're going to keep singing into whatever. I think it was like a broom or whatever, mm-hmm. something long. I forget what it was. I'm like, you're just going to keep on performing. Like I'm not even here. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and we did it. And like, there's infinite, like infinite moments like this that we've shared where we're just being absolute dingles. Yeah. All the time, <laughs> every day. It was so much fun though, because I like I, we would laugh so hard about nothing, nothing. We didn't have a care in the world. No, not at all. And I, to this day, I still tell people about like how our like rock band set up. Oh like, my God. I literally talk to Carrie about rock band all the time because <laughs> I literally, I literally made him look it up. I said, I still don't have rock band. Why? I was like, I need it back in my life. We've been talking about assembling the pieces so that we can play it again because if you go on ebay you can get it like i know I, we gotta you gotta get on it before everyone else gets on it because i'm it. learning that those nostalgic it. things they come back and the next thing know. you know everybody wants them but um what do you do what what's what's going on in your life what do you do let's see i went to school for uh psychology with a concentration in forensics And I also did criminal justice with a concentration in intelligence. I wanted to be a whole like FBI. I wanted to go to Quantico. I wanted to do the whole nine yards. And life just didn't pan out that way. Um, I was a college athlete. So senior year, I blew out my knee. So I couldn't apply for any of that fun stuff I wanted to do. I had a lot of life stuff going on. Life was upside down. So then I said, okay, I gotta find a job. And then (laughs) I just found like an intake job doing like for a private practice, for psychology, for counseling. And then I went and got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And I had this family-based job where I was like an in-home therapist. And I could tell you crazy stories (laughs) about that. And I said, this ain't it. And there was a lot that happened, which I'm sure we'll get into And I got very burnt out doing that job and at that point in my life that I was in. So now I work for a college and I'm an admissions counselor and the athletics liaison. So I work with admissions in the athletic department and I'm back in school for, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) I'm back in school for uh, my doctorate of education in um, sport and performance psychology. What a weird path. <laughs> no, it's all leading. It's all leading somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times, like, so Angelica, I mean, we've been friends for like very, very long time. And in that time, just being friends, we've kind of like learned to kind of come to each other with a lot of mm-hmm. things that are happening in our lives and like trying to get just some outer perspective. And just like, we were just always there for each other. If it was mm-hmm. like a really bad breakup or it was just like parents being like unreasonable or mm-hmm. it's just like school just being like crazy. And like, we mm-hmm. needed to just vent a little bit and hang out. Um, but uh, 
part of it was always like Angelica was always super good at just getting to the root problem of a lot of things. Like one great listener, but two also very interested in trying to like understand it a little deeper and like seeing if like there could be a solution here or <laughs> there's always a clear solution. But me on the other hand, would I take it? I don't know. I was always kind of <laughs> like, I know, but I don't know. Tough so, love action. Too. Yes. Tough love <laughs> action. That's right. And I needed it because like, I am just, I could be all over the place, very in a emotional person. I ha- I'm proud of it, but a lot of the times I could be just driven by something other otherworldly and, and Angelica's like, hey, BT dubs. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> Problem solving or just being um, each other's support in a lot of aspects has been a very big commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always found it really interesting that you went uh, in that direction for your education and that you're kind of like really just involved in it. So um, she has also uh, a little side project that she is hoping to to blossom mm-hmm. even further. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So <laughs> called Inspo by Joe. Um, but that started when I was in the like rut and in that family-based job. So with this family-based job, I had worked with kids and families that were at risk for out-of-home placement. So self-harm or, you know, suicidality and uh, maybe they're in the foster care system or maybe they were in residential for eight months and they were trying to like reintegrate with their families. So it was a very difficult job. I was on call 24-7 and I just reached a very... I don't know what the word is. It was like a breaking point. Like I was miserable. I didn't even recognize like who I was anymore. Um, I was breaking out in stress hives from like my neck down to my like feet. Mm -hmm. So it was just like terrible time. And I, and I drove a lot because I had to drive to my clients' houses. So I kind of had this like, I was like, what is it that like I actually want to do? And like, what is it that I'm actually passionate about? And I'm passionate about mental health. But anyone that knows me knows like athletics has been my entire life. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So like without athletics, I don't know who I would be. Um, And that was like a whole nother thing too, that I struggled with, like when I was done playing Mm -hmm. Um, and then just seeing all the, you know, unfortunate things with student athletes and taking their own lives and stuff. Um, I'm really passionate about like student athlete mental health. So I wanted to create a way or like a platform in order to like bring more awareness to it. So this whole idea behind Inspo by Gel is I want to be able to write about it. I want to be able to bring awareness to it. And I would love to be able to get to a point where I could consistently put out like merch so that that goes to certain foundations every month. So I did like a launch with it. Um, and you know, it did it went pretty well, like as far as like people, um, buying into it and things like that. And then, you know, hit a little rut. And so like, I'm in the process now, as far as like, um, redoing some things. So I'm kind of like in a hideout right now with it because I'm going to have like some things that I'm working out with it, but this is my little, my little thing I'm trying to do, figure out. I think it's hard. Yeah, no, it is hard with anything like you're really passionate about and you really want to like make some, make some moves with it. But I mean, we're also, you know, working full time. We're also doing all these other things that are required out of us. So Mm -hmm. finding that consistency, like I, I hear it. I really do. It's, that's a hard part. I love the fact that you like intertwined like merch with the like 
whole mm-hmm. purpose of inspa basically because like there's so many like it was a it was a it was like the first launch was a great launch because it had mm-hmm. it had your logo on everything it like you got your brand out there it was just mm-hmm. like one of those soft brand launch mm-hmm. awareness things and it worked for the most part so i think it's really cool because you can do so much with athlete merch like athlete mm-hmm. mer- like just apparel that like have you been thinking like what's what have you been thinking about to kind of like you know So something that I had created like a website with everything on it, like about me, the blogs, the merch, the, this, the, that, right. Like, um, and then I just was like, Hmm, I kind of want to go in a different direction with it. Um, because well, with my, like what I'm going to school for now, like when I'm done, I'll be a certified mental performance consultant. So that's like the athlete side of things. Mm -hmm. And when I'm done too, because right now I'm doing my licensure hours to be a licensed professional counselor for like the mental health side. So I'll be able to have both sides, the athletic performance side and the mental health side. Um, But I've been kind of thinking that, you know, I want to be able just to have blogs all in one place. Cause unless someone visits the website, they're not going to read it. So Yep. want to be able to post it, you know, on these blog websites or these merch websites, kind of not divide it, but kind of divide it up a little bit to get it more out there. Um, but as far as the, um, like merch itself, like anyone that knows me knows what I wear. And that's kind <laughs> of, <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of my whole thing too, that started it was, I would go to the gym. I'm anyone that knows me too. I'm a gym rat. Like I'm always in the gym. Always. And I look around at the girls and I'm like, I don't wear any of that. Like, and I struggle to find gym clothes because I don't wear what the normal girls wear. And I don't like fit into necessarily the guy stuff because it's like too big. So it's like, where is this like happy medium of like the athlete that wants just a cutoff like t-shirt or just wants like a pair of soccer shorts that aren't $40, like that kind of thing. So that's like really what I really would like to focus on is that kind of like active wear. Um, obviously you could have the leggings and stuff like that, but where's this other side where, yeah. you know, I'm constantly cutting off old t-shirts, like the sleeves to make my cutoffs. Mm-hmm. I like have soccer shorts from like probably 10 years ago, like, you know, so yeah. that's really like my whole vision. I would like it to be. Yeah. Cause that's a whole market that like, not really, it's not, it's not like a niche, but it's, it's, it, it's still there. Like it just mm-hmm. still exists. And those people aren't really being recognized, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. just like being an athlete, like we're built differently. Yeah. So it's just like, people look at you and they'll be like, oh, well you should be a size small. And I'm like, yeah, I may be tiny, but like I got broad shoulders. So like right. I need a medium and then the medium might look flimsy on me because it doesn't fit to what, like what my body is because I'm an athlete That's right. and stuff. So things like that mm-hmm. I've noticed in trying just to even buy regular clothes. So that's like kind of what, yeah. you know, went on in my brain. Right. To give, to give some background here, Angelica has been playing sports since what, five, maybe even earlier than that? Four. Yeah. I started. Oof. <laughs> Four years old, intramural soccer. My first soccer game, I literally sat on the ground. My parents have like a videotape of me just sitting on the (laughs) ground. And I went, I don't feel good. I have butterflies. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's what started it, people. Then she got yeah. hooked. She yeah. has been, yeah, it's it, athlete has been in your blood. And at first, like when we were kids, I was like, oh, is your is it her parents that are kind of like pushing her into these opportunities? But like mm-hmm. Angelica just she was ready to run and she wanted to run with whatever, like if she could, you know, jump and put a basketball on a hoop, she's going to do that. If she's going to play soccer, she's going to do that. Primarily that was the first love. Soccer was your first love for sure. Yeah. 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 Soccer is my first love. That was the first like intramural sport I did. I played on an all boys travel team growing up because we didn't have a girls team. (laughs) Hey, I was like, I was like, well, why not try for the guys team? That's right. She's a pioneer of feminism, y'all. She was a pioneer. Yeah. And it was me and one other girl. So we were like, why not? Yeah. And then it like basketball was actually around, like, I played on a team for the first time in fifth grade when I was like 10. Um, and then before that I did YMCA basketball. So probably when I was eight years old, that's when I first got into it, but (laughs) I'm too competitive Mm -hmm. and it was for fun, like simply fun (laughs) and which was fine. But like kids were traveling with the ball, like, okay, basketball, you have to bounce the ball. If you, (laughs) if you hold the ball and run with it, that's a travel. And I was like yelling at the kids, like, that's a walk, that's a walk. And then they were like, it's just for fun. And I was like, I was like, so mad. (laughs) Yeah. Then your parents are like, we got to get her involved. We got to get her. Seeing you be an athlete growing up, I, for a long time, I didn't think I could either. I don't, because I wasn't into that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then um, I think if I really came down to it and like thought about it, like, and being serious with athletics, the inspiration for at least me wanting to dive in was like, not only because my sister did it, like she was involved a little Mm -hmm. bit, but it was also because Angelica was involved in it. Like Mm -hmm. everybody seemed to be who was, I surrounded myself with at least, I was like, was involved in athletics in Mm -hmm. some kind of way that like allowed me to kind of be like, all right, well, maybe I'll give it a try and whatnot. So it's, it's a whole type of like athletic people or just people who grew up like, so I want to talk about that too, because mm-hmm. well, we like, we talk about a variety of things, right? So Angelica and I, we, we, there's a lot of talks where we both feel like we're not where we want to be right mm-hmm. now. We want to be somewhere completely different. And like, that's also super relatable to like a lot of us who are in our late twenties um, for the most part. Like, it's just kind of like, I know where I want to go, but I literally can't get there Mm -hmm. at this moment. And it's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the other things that we talk about is like, when Angelica, when you stopped playing sports, like for Mm -hmm. college, for like, Mm -hmm. for like school, there was just like weird cliff hanger that you Mm -hmm. experienced. And I know a lot of people experience that. So like, we could, we should definitely talk to that. Yeah, I can talk about that. Um, Before we get into that, you know what I just thought about? What? (laughs) Do you remember when you thought like, hey, I'll play soccer and it was in middle school. And so then I was like, we're going to train. And I literally was trying (laughs) and I would literally like make you like dribble in the yard. And like, you're like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, you're going to be great. Let's do this. She was, she was like beyond pumped when I was like, Hey, I'm going to try out for my school. Cause okay. Another background here, but I mean, we're going to be on a couple of tangents today. So like fucking buckle up. We're, we're on a ride. Um, this is what happens. You get best friends on a podcast. It's just what happens. So when I started doing soccer, 
I I don't know what it was like previously I was doing like cross country and I have no I think it's because I liked <laughs> I liked a guy I liked a guy who was in cross country and I was like yo I want to be there too I found out I'm not a good runner but then I was like <laughs> let me try soccer anyways <laughs> so then I'm like Angelica I'm gonna try for soccer and she was like what so she was pumped so she became <laughs> like my little trainer and like we were dribbling the balls like she was really into like very excited for me. Um, she was always excited for me. And like, even when I was like, Angelica, I feel so fat right now. I mean, me being like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, not even fat whatsoever. <laughs> I don't even know the word, you know what I'm saying? I'd, I would literally tell her my woes. And she's like, no problem, man. Let's just strap a bunch of pants on you. We'll put a bunch of shirts on your, your arms and we'll just lift it. We'll lift the shirts and the pants. <laughs> That's right. We tried making a whole workout routine with clothes. And I was like, you'll be great. <laughs> so she was just just an amazing, just always so supportive. So when, when soccer, the opportunity to come around for me to play it, um, she was, she was, she was more than happy to, to train me a little. Yeah. But no, I just thought about that. I could not, I was like ready to crack up over here. And then when you went into volleyball, I was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, I can't help you with that. I've never played. So just, I don't know, playing, playing soccer and, and, um, doing that shit. I tell you what, though, I have no idea why, why I was like, let me continue uh, uh, with sports that make me run. Because, of course, <laughs> when I was in soccer, they were like, you know what you'd be great at? Being a wing. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, what does that even mean? And that's and then, all the running. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Oh, but good time. So yeah, Angelica played for a very long time. So yeah, yes. that cliffhanger <laughs> that I'm sure a lot yeah. of athletes experience once, you know, cause you're almost like given a thing to kind of mentally put your mind yeah. to. In high school, I played soccer and basketball in high school. I was like more known for, I'd say basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like say recruiting process, like was not going the way I had wanted it to go. Cause there was this whole idea of like me being the free ticket to college and getting these scholarships. Right. And like, that didn't really happen. Like I got looks from like D2 schools. I got a look from like a small D1 school, but like never got to that point. So like, I was like, well then forget this because it was like defeating. It was like upsetting, like, you know, Oh, going to go so far. Right. And then the idea to play division three, always is a terrible stereotype. They're always like, oh, those are the athletes that aren't good enough for like D2 or D1, which is not true at all. So many players that I played with, they could have played D1, D2. I believe I could have played at D2, maybe a small D1 school. So, you know, that was the whole thing. So I kind of like, not like gave up on basketball, but I was like, I'm going to play soccer. Like I'm over this recruiting process for basketball. And so then I was fortunate enough to be able to play both in college Um, And I had very different experiences in college with my sports. So like soccer, I had a great experience. Um, Basketball was hard. Like I loved the sport, but I struggled with the coach player relationship, my teammates. It just wasn't the same as like the soccer environment and things like that. Um, So I played all four years during my basketball career and freshman year I tore a ligament in my leg 
So it was like called the PCL, which is like one of the hardest ones to tear. And I was like, of course I did that. Uh, <laughs> so I did that and I was like, but it's fine. I have three years left. I'll come back better. I'll come back stronger. I'll do it. I'll do all the things. Right. And I, every summer, no matter what year it was going into college and throughout the whole time, I trained six days a week, multiple hours a day. That was just like my thing. I would get up two hours at the gym, go to the track, shoot the soccer ball, you know, around, uh, and like, or the basketball, like things like that. So then senior year, I just came off like the best soccer like season I ever had in my life. So it was like, I ended soccer, like on a great note. And during this time, my parents are going through like a divorce. Right. So I just fueled everything into sports. Cause I was like, to me, I felt like that was the only thing I had. And a lot of the times, because you play sports in college, like, I feel like kids don't think about like after, like they major in something they think they want to do, right. but their focus is picking the right school for them for sports. Most of the time. Yeah. You know, great soccer season, life um, environment. And that whole thing is a mess, but I'm like, it's fine. I'm at college. Like, you know, I'm good. And then uh, basketball season came. And again, it was like a struggle, but I was playing like more. I was like, you know, confidence was getting better as far as basketball wise. And then I tore my ACL meniscus and the same knee I tore freshman year and it was done. Right. So now I just, you know, now I'm having surgery. Now I'm sitting on the couch. Now I'm like going to PT three times a week. I can't move my leg. So like extremes, I go from go, 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 go to just not doing anything. Right. Um, but this cliff that happens is, you know, well, now what? Like I just played sports my entire life. This is what I worked so hard for my entire life. Um, I even had conversations with my soccer coach before basketball season started about potentially like trying out for a team overseas. Cause he thought like I could possibly make a team and stuff. So I said, Oh yeah, maybe after basketball season, like let's revisit this conversation. Well, that conversation never came obviously. Um, and then, you know, my parents were still going through this divorce. So now I just kind of felt like, well, now what? Like I had a family, but at the time I didn't feel like I had one mm-hmm. and then sports I didn't have anymore. So it was like, at that time, I felt like I had nothing. Right. I was like, what am I doing? Right. Um, so even if you take like the life stuff out of it, it's just this concept of life after sports that nobody prepares you for. Um, you're not talked about, talked to about it in college. Mm-hmm. You're just like, well, you got your degree and what you were going to do. And I was like, man, well, yeah. I'm like, what does yeah. that mean? Right. So, cause I gave thought to it, but the thing I wanted to go do, like to apply for this, like police job, like that they were doing, um, near DC. Well, I couldn't do that. I was in a brace. So like, I didn't really have like backup plans. Like I had like my ideas set on certain things and then none of those were happening where right. I was like, Oh, I'll just save money, go to grad school, live at home. Well, that wasn't happening either. Cause my house was being sold. So it was like every Avenue I had, I was like, mm, wasn't working. Right. Um, right. It's crazy. So, at least like for, for most, like for most people, the, mm-hmm. the whole transitioning from being a, an athlete in college, being an athlete all your life, and then going into the real world, like that is 
and like mm-hmm. not a real world, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like trying it's to figure a culture out. Shock. Right. It's a huge culture shock, but you also like throw in the fact that like, you know, regardless. So regardless of age, children are still affected by divorces. Like that's just mm-hmm. it. So yeah. as an adult, even, even you're supposed to be far away from being a child and feeling mm-hmm. affected by it. That mm-hmm. also affected you in that, in that way. Yeah. So like making that like whole shock, even, even more intense. Yeah. I didn't even know what to do. I was like, okay, I graduated. I have to find a job. I have to find a place to live. I have Ugh. to figure this out. But Awful. then I was still rehabbing my leg. I still couldn't go for runs yet. I was still learning, relearning how to walk. And like, so it just felt like my whole identity, I felt like was lost. Like my family identity was lost. My athletic identity crisis that was happening. I would like be like, yeah, well, PT, this is my workout. That wasn't a workout. I used to bang and clang weights and go for three mile runs until I couldn't breathe. Like, you know, like that wasn't (laughs) wasn't a workout for me. So it's this cliff that I just feel like, which is part of like, my whole like goal in life is just what about like, who is checking in on these people that these athletes that are having these injuries, right? Career ending injuries or just injuries in general where they are now sidelined and then, okay, that in itself sucks. But what about their other life stuff that may be going on school life or like whatever the case may be. And who's talking to them about life after sports? Nobody. Cause when you're an athlete in college, like that, yes, they do care about your academics, but when you're in practice, they're not saying like, go get an A on that test. They're like, let's do this, like this way. Like, you know, there's this expectation. So that's the focus when you're an athlete. And I just feel like no one prepares you for that stuff. So like, I just want to be able to help athletes through the hard stuff that like no one's picking up on. Right. Who's watching, who's, you know, in that locker room when someone that was supposed to make like the game winning shot misses, right? Like that affects them. Or what about the player that hasn't played for the 20th game in a row? Their morale is probably low. Like it's just who's checking in on these individuals that are supposed to know their role, but you know, it still affects them. Right. And that's not also just like on a sidebar, it's, it's mm -hmm. not like, I know like as someone who's probably listening right now, mm-hmm. they're probably like, well, yeah, you miss, you miss the winning goal or, you know, like this are seems so minuscule problems. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's really not because if you look at one person and what's going on in their whole life, that little miss of shot should be small to everyone around us. But that is such a huge failure to that person who's already yeah. feeling so much affected by yeah. what's going on in their lives. So and I just want to call an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Especially an athlete. Cause that's their life. Right. So like that's what they surround their life by. So, and a lot of times they feel a certain way about themselves based on their performance. Yeah. So if they're not performing to their, like to what they want, that affects them like, you know, a lot of ways. Right. So that, that whole cliff I experienced, like it took a few years and like, it even got to the point where I was like, well, now I can go to the gym and I can do what I've always done, but I couldn't, I wasn't practicing twice a day, two hours a day. I didn't have games. I wasn't in still the same shape. So I still felt like crap about myself. Cause I was like, I'm eating the same and I'm doing the same workouts as college. Why aren't I getting the same results? 
it's because I don't run around anymore. I'm a washed up athlete. Like, (laughs) like don't expect me to go run in a soccer game by any means. Like (laughs) I'll need my inhaler. So it's just like, you know, you have to like adapt and no one talks to you about that stuff. My goal, like being, having the mental health license and then having the certified mental performance license, like I want athletes to be their best selves, like on and off the court or field or whatever, you know, their sport is because they have to be able to encompass their whole being and like their overall self where if you just fixate on being the athlete and then when you don't have that anymore, right. Then what? Right. This, and I feel like that's what happened to me. So. Right. Right. And this, I feel like this focus on athletes specifically is still so, so mm-hmm. new. Like it's so yeah. sad because like, yeah, the we're the culture as, as a whole, we're all turning to the importance of, okay, we got to take mental health seriously because if it's not, then we have people who are crazy because they've never been checked on. They've never, you know, going to see someone, see a professional, like we'll have crazy scenarios, but instead before it gets that bad, we need to meet it at its crossing point. So Mm -hmm. I think it's like, I'm starting to see the, it's starting to come a little bit around with the athletes finally, Mm -hmm. but it's just so sad that we're getting to these milestones now when we should have gone to them so, so far, far ago, long Mm -hmm. ago long ago (laughs) (laughs) a while ago a while ago (laughs) whatever you want to say yeah I know yeah it's truly it's crazy so that's like the whole program that I found it specializes in the performance and the sports psychology aspect which is different like not to go on a whole rant but like something that bothers me when I see with the these job postings they look for say a sports psychologist right okay guess what people A sports psychologist is someone with a PhD or a PsyD in clinical like mental health, right? So they have their doctorate in clinical mental health. And then after that, then they like only work with athletes. And so because they then work with athletes, they can call themselves like a sports psychologist. And just to break it down for you, if you have a master's in clinical mental health, and if you have a doctorate in like clinical psychology, it's basically the same thing. You learn the same thing and it's just in a, you know, more detailed way in the doctorate level. You're not learning anything specifically in sports psychology by just doing a clinical psychology. Maybe you take a few classes. Sure. I'm sure they have a few classes, but I'm like, that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So like, in my degree, right? Like I won't be titled a sports psychologist, right? Even though I feel a certain way about that, but all of my classes are sport and performance psychology based. It's understanding the performance side and everything, which is needed. Like that athletes need to, you need to be able to understand an athlete and the performance issues and sure, like, and pair it with a mental health degree, like combine it. But if you're just doing mental health, mental health, and not doing mental health and like sports psychology performance, you're missing something. Yeah. So that's where I feel like we're still trying, we're still understanding it. And like some universities are like getting with it and they see that and they're like, oh, we need a certified mental performance like consultant. And then other universities are like, no, you need a doctorate in this. And I'm like, meh. And I'm just like, guys, like we have to like really think about it. And it's just to me, I think it's the titles like universities get stuck on these titles 
And you need mental health people, but you need other people that are sports specific right? to be able to like work with them to collaborate. Right. So I wonder, I wonder if there's like trials of this already happening, like probably, you know, like, cause like, Mm -hmm. I would love to look at like, if there's a case study, you know, like Mm -hmm. if, if, if there's a one team, like we're talking collegiate team. So if there's one Mm -hmm. team that doesn't have this representative Mm -hmm. for athletic mental health versus another team that does, and they look at the performance in the whole season, what that looks like. I feel Mm -hmm. like I mean, I could be theorized in right now, but I'm pretty positive <laughs> that I think yeah. the team with that mental health professional on their side would probably perform better than Absolutely. the other team. Yeah. You know, maybe not like, we're not saying, oh, the more the more mental mm-hmm. health consulting that they get, the more games they win. And it's not much about the games winning it, but it's more of the overall health of the team and the individual yep. athlete. And there's so much more. So like, learning, having, so like in my program, understanding the sport and performance psychology side, like we're learning about coach player relationship. We're under, we're learning about like group team dynamics. Like, so we're learning about other things other than the individual that like all encompasses being on a team and the pressures and this and that where clinically you learn about the individual. Right. Like, so there's other aspects regarding sports like that, I just feel like I would have never known if I just stayed in the clinical track right. and someone that went through clinical mental health counseling, did all the internships, did all the hours. And then if you told me to go work with athletes and then to specialize and say, I specialize in sport counseling, I would feel like a fraud knowing what I know now, right? Because there's all this other information about athletes that I would have been missing mm-hmm. where I'm learning that now that I'm like, wow, like how can these people like go and just like, work with them. And then they're going to take so much longer to gain all this experience because they didn't have the education. And like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's really like crazy, but that's my, like, that's my thing right now. Yeah, (laughs) no, I think it's so super important. One of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the podcast and I've been thinking about this for a long time, but it's Mm -hmm. mainly me holding myself back because I, I, for some reason with transparency, like I, I'm really good at being transparent with myself. I'm really good at being transparent with the people around me, like directly around me, but Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I'm so scared, like I'm terrified, but um, I knew I wanted to have you on here because, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing in, in regards of mental health with athletes, mm-hmm. that's because it's so like, it's such a, it's a thing that's really needed. And mm-hmm. because it's slightly new, I feel like there's just, there's this world of possibilities right. that you can pioneer And it's like, it's so, it's like someone needs to talk to it and you're deciding that it's going to be you. So like, I really, I mean, I hope that this, like whatever this had, like the passion that's driving you forward, that's making this important to you. I hope that that just continues to the point where someday Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm glad that this Mm -hmm. mattered so much to me. Yeah. And I think this ties into like what we were talking about yesterday on the phone, Yeah, because like, I'm so passionate about something and like, you can be so passionate about something. And then when it's not happening right now, it drives you nuts mm-hmm. because yeah. you see other people sharing that same passion and they're like there and you're like, well, why aren't I there yet? Right. Right. You're but like, here's, here's the oh. thing. Like everybody, like I have to keep telling myself that everybody has their like little life 
is so different from mine. Like, you know, if you remember playing like the game of life, you're giving cards and everyone has like five children, two children, Mm -hmm. one child, no children. You know, you Mm -hmm. have specific jobs that are given to you, but everybody has a different hand for the most part. So it's like when I see someone else doing what I know I can do and Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to do, but they're being, you know, either more successful at it or they're already where they want to be with it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why can't I do that? Why, why is that not me yet? But it's at the same time, it's like, well, they don't, they don't have a job outside of this. They can follow this passion because they don't have that boundary where they have Mm -hmm. to like kind of split up their time between their actual career versus their, you know, passion career. Um, You know, that makes a difference. You have more time to do stuff, but it definitely, oh, it, I know. Yeah. It's frustrating. You go down this rabbit hole. I know. And we're like, we know that we're all on different timelines and it's fine. And we tell ourselves that, but then we're like, no, I want to be on a different timeline. Hurry it up. Hurry it up. I know. Literally. I know. Cause that's something like I've like been struggling with. I know we were talking about it. Like we both struggle with it. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like let's have faith and believe and trust and manifest and this and that. And we're like, we're doing that. It's still not happening. And it's like, what is going on? I know. But it's the problem of letting go. Yeah. And I have that problem. Yeah. It's cause like, I guess we, we have like, there's like a sense of control here a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, because like, you're like, no. And, and, and this is also tying into like how you've lived your life since you were a kid up to now, like that, the athletic side, the sports mm-hmm. side gave you a sense of control, no matter what was going mm-hmm. on around you. You know, you had that one common denominator that brought you back. You're able to control your body. You're able to control mm-hmm. the outcome of your actions. That was comforting. So then that mm-hmm. was taken away. So it's almost like this, like you from like, there was like a point where everything just switched, <laughs> switched no, on right. you. I'm trying Literally. to gain control back of my life. <laughs> right. Right. But at the same time, I think it's also teaching you that it's just like, you got to not, not be in control here I because know. I know because it's going to keep like, I am a firm believer that the one thing like our life lesson that we seem to struggle with, it lassos back. It just keeps on looping mm-hmm. in various different search, uh, situations and like scenarios, but it keeps showing up. So like when all these things are happening, it's it's almost like teaching us a lesson where mm-hmm. we just got to just let go because we can't control what's going to happen next, but we can control how we like think about it. I don't know. Like I know it's I, true. Right. When you think about the future, like, you know what you want. You know mm-hmm. what the end game is going to be for mm-hmm. you. You know what you would love to do with this that you've created. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have like the little little ball of whatever, but <laughs> you know what you want from it. Yeah. And you know it's going to be good. So it's like, I, I just got to hold on to that. I know. I know. I'm holding on. I'm holding <laughs> on. I know. And then sometimes I'm like, you know, some days I'm fine. I'm like, it'll be great. I'm going to get there. And I feel at peace. And then other days I'm like clawing. Yeah. Especially those hard days too. Like yeah. when you're and this in week your present. Was one of those. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. had a hard week. That's right. I was feeling down in the dumps. Oh, but what happened? Okay. What happened? Well, it just was like, okay, so <laughs> my job's not that great. Right. <laughs> right. The only part I enjoy is the athletics. Right. Obviously. So I love that. But, um, the work environment's also kind of uh, toxic. 
yeah. being dead, not healthy. So, you know, that makes it difficult. And I do travel recruitment for admission. So I'm away basically every Monday through Friday until like December. Right. So it's like difficult, right? Because then I miss my husband. I miss my little dog. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, and then I feel like because I'm so busy traveling, like I even notice it too with my other friends. Like I'm not texting them as much as I like was, you know? So it's just a whirlwind. Right. Um, but there's this opportunity that could potentially present itself where I would be full-time in athletics closer to home, but it's a waiting game yeah. and it's me being patient. And I thought I was going to know something by now, but I don't yet. And I had like that phone call where the person just said like, Oh, like, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks, I'll be able to like, you know, get an answer type thing. So I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, like I can almost taste it. Yeah. And I just want it so badly. And I know it's going to happen when I least expect it. But because I'm so fixated on it, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's never going to come because I don't stop thinking about it. I know. So right. it just was like, it wasn't like a bad conversation, but it was just like, again, like you have to be patient. That same message I've been getting. And I hate being told to be patient. I know. Because I feel like I have been. I feel like I've, you know, hasn't been easy the last five years. You know, my life has been a little crazy. So I'm just like, haven't I been patient? I know. Like, that's how I feel. So, you know, it just was like, uh, I just felt a little down like this week where I just was like, I can almost taste it coming. I can literally almost feel it. But I just need to like wait more. That's right. No, no. So it's funny. It's so like the whole idea of patience and like waiting for something. Um, When uh, my boyfriend was working at Amazon for like the longest time and just to give kind of some context, we went from like working some shitty jobs for a long Mm. time, specifically him working Mm. very shitty jobs. Um, He comes from a family who really didn't care too much about his future almost like they cared, but it wasn't like, Hey, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to college? Like, what do you want to do? Like they weren't really invested in him like that. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of left up to his own devices. Um, But I remember there was a long, the one long year of him working at Amazon and delivering packages. I mean, we would have so many talks where he was just like, I know what I want to do. I Mm -hmm. see what I want to do. I can literally taste it. Like he quoted that same line. He's Mm -hmm. like, but I, it's like, it's, it, I can't like it there. Mm -hmm. I I literally am waiting and I just, Mm -hmm. I'm so tired of waiting yes you know I feel that <laughs> we were I get talking, him <laughs> right we were talking about that in Chili's too like you know and that mm-hmm. was years ago I'm like John just it's gonna happen it's gonna get there mm-hmm. we just gotta we gotta be patient and he's just like no I'm tired of it <laughs> no so, that's me <laughs> literally but it was it was like the way he got his current job which is exactly mm-hmm. what he's always wanted to do without even like it's miraculous how he got it in the first mm-hmm. place but when he did I didn't think, I don't, when things like that happen, it's really important that you realize that this is a huge mile marker, Mm -hmm. you know, like it finally happened one and two, our lives are going to change from here on out. Mm -hmm. Like 
instead of, cause like for him, he didn't even take that moment, I guess. So he kind of just like, he got the job. He's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And then next thing you know, he started, you know, getting involved in it. Right. And, was, and then he started complaining later on. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. This mm-hmm. is where you wanted to be. This is it. This is exactly yeah. what you're looking for. You were waiting mm-hmm. so long for it. And now it's here. You got to we got to be grateful now. <laughs> Capture the moment. That's right. It's really mm-hmm. important, especially when you've like wanted something so bad for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't know it to me, like just trying to be grateful for when you, when that opportunity comes mm-hmm. is the key for more opportunities mm-hmm. to follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I, and that's, I mean, we're all just waiting, I guess, because I don't know what the fuck I want to do still. <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to figure it out. I know that. I know. And so, and one of the, another reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because like, I feel like both of us have this <laughs> same like passion and two different degrees, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like we are super passionate about mm-hmm. mental health. We yeah. want to make sure that our friends, you want to make sure that the people that we, we are, are like around mm-hmm. that they're good. That they're yeah. okay. And you've done a 180. You have. Give yourself some <laughs> Thank you. That's right. That's right. It's, yeah. been, it's been rough. It's been rough. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's so crazy. A lot of people think that, you know, when you focus on your mental health, it's like, taboo yeah it's it's like it's I use people used to say like stop being a pussy you know what I'm saying like that was like that was it like just like I'm like no I think it's one of the most bravest thing a person can do when they focus on their mental health because one right it's hard one it's challenging two it's because you care about yourself enough that you want to stay here yeah. You want to be yeah. here. If you're an athlete, you care about your performance. You care about mm-hmm. this passion that you followed throughout your whole life and you want to enjoy it still. Like there's so many aspects here with mm-hmm. mental health that are super important to bring awareness to. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's cool that we both kind of share this in two different yeah. aspects of yeah. it. You know, Absolutely. the world it, needs more. I know. It's like, ugh, they just like think about it. And it's like negative connotation and yeah. mental health. And like, we're trying to normalize it. <laughs> we're trying to normalize it, but I just don't think it's there yet. No. I think people are still afraid to talk about it. And like, even if it's just something small, not small, but like, not that my thing was small, but like I went to therapy when I was literally couldn't control my anxiety over my last job. And I like had all these stress hives and I was anxious over everything mm-hmm. and like my husband got to a point where he was like are you okay and I was like no <laughs> I'm not and I'm like we know this like why are we asking me and he was just like, okay like I would be scratching my arms in my sleep I wouldn't even know and he would be hitting me like <laughs> <laughs> but like I didn't even know and I was like okay like we got a problem like big problem Mm-mm. and so like they're like why are you anxious and I was just like like I was like would tell them or like my therapist and then I was like there's no way out of this job like I graduated in three months and that's my only way out because then I'm able to do this and that and she's like what do you mean there's no way out I'm like what job is going to offer me flexibility to finish my degree man and I was like getting all crazy and she's like you don't know that and I was like oh shit and I was like true so then like you know I just like took a leap of faith I applied to some jobs I had no like experience in any of them like when I went for this interview for the admissions counseling job they went 
what experience of higher education do you have? And I went, well, I went to college. I said, that's about it. Like I've never worked at like, and then it was almost like, they're like, great, you're hired. I was like, what? (laughs) Right. So like, it was just like weird. And like, I don't think I would have like realized that without therapy because I just would have been stuck in this mentality of like, no, I, there's no way out. Like I have to finish my degree and then I have to go be a counselor. And then I have to go do this where, you know, like there was all these things that I thought I had to do. And then looking back on it, if I didn't get this job, I wouldn't have met the contact in athletics that I met. And I wouldn't be working with all these people in athletics I've built relationships with. And then I wouldn't have this potential opportunity closer to home, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, like if I didn't do any of that, I would have been missing out on this whole other path I'm starting to take, even though I'm impatient, you know? Right, right. So it's crazy. And that jump, that jump where she reminded you like, no, you don't know that. That jump also happened in the mix of your cliff yeah. And your parent and the divorce, like it, there was yeah. so much going on for you to nat. That's super normal yeah. <laughs> for you yeah. to feel like there's no, there's no way out here. That's literally how I felt. I was like, there's no way out until I graduate, have my degree. And then I could go get a different job and me. And then I, but I literally said to my husband all the time, I said, I don't think I can last another three months. Like I dread getting up every day to go to work. Mm. Like, and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was, I I didn't get paid enough. I still don't get paid enough. (laughs) But like, you know, I, for that, what I was doing, I was like, I do not get paid enough to deal with all this stress. No. And whatnot. If there's ever like, just for anyone here, like I was literally talking to my sister Brie yesterday about this. If there is a job that you are currently in and it gives Mm -hmm. you so much anxiety that it results in hives or Mm -hmm. it results in you waking up, not wanting to wake up, you know what I'm saying? Like, Nah, maybe that's not it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe we got to no. put some resumes outside because this is, that's not okay for you. Yeah. And I try to like even remind like my friends that too that I've talked to because I will say, listen, I was there. I right. get it. Yeah. And it's not good. Like it's crazy. And that's like, start not like how I'm starting to feel now with this job. It's just like, I, I don't mind the job. Like it's easy. Like for mm-hmm. me, because of what I used to do. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is easy compared to what, like, I know, like, whatever. But for me, I'm just like, man, like, this isn't it passion wise. And then like the whole toxic environment and just like gossiping. I'm like, we're grown adults. Like, can we just like not like, so that whole thing where I'm just like, ah, it's uncomfortable to be around, but I'm like, just stay patient. It's coming. You can almost taste it. Like just- it's on its way. But yeah. You and I have this conversation all the time, especially with <laughs> timelines and like yeah. all this stuff or my friends that are like buying it or not even my friends, people I just see that I went to school with buying houses. And I'm like, how girl, listen, I'm like, what? I think it's, I kind of calls to the whole idea that when you go to school, like, yeah, you know, when you're put in school as a child, right. There's a group of you in the same grade. And every year we all advance together to this next, oh my this next step. 
You just right? like blew my mind with that sentence. <laughs> to this next step and then to the next step. And it's all yes. just like this group. We're all growing and learning together. We're all advancing together for some reason, all in our various ways, because y'all have, I know y'all, so, some of y'all went AP classes, not me. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but like Remember we're all advancing. I used to help you with your math. You used to call me. You used to be like, Angelica, I can't I still math. need help. I, I messed okay. up my taxes. It's- <laughs> Next year, we could have a tax party. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, that's And we can fine. drink. John was like, Vanessa, what did you do? I'm like, what did I do? I don't know. What did I do? And he's like, <laughs> you did your taxes wrong. I'm like, oh, we can do have a tax party. We can drink. I appreciate that. I would love that okay, because okay. I'm I'm not good at it. Anyway. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. But like the building blocks, you know, we're constantly moving in a herd almost in like just kind of growing up, right? So when we get to that like college point, everybody's like, are you going to college? Where are you going? Where are you going? So then mm-hmm. it's also expected that we go to college and then we go through those blocks. Mm-hmm. And then at that last block, it's like, what's next? So then people start getting married. People start having babies. So this feels like we should all be moving at these blocks together. It's weird. It's really weird. But it's not true. It's not. It's not. After you're you're out of college and school in general, there is no common blocks that we're all moving together in that we have to be. I think you just hurt my head because it's literally (laughs) like the perfect way to describe it though, because we're so used to going through life together, same milestones. Even if you're bad at math, history, (laughs) whatever like I was terrible at history like (laughs) like nope not me you know even though you're like say bad at these subjects it doesn't matter you still advance right right everybody's everybody's there do it together but then when you get to life that's not how it happens and it makes it so it makes it so I know it makes it so easy It makes it so easy for us to like look around and be like, well, well, they're buying houses over here. Oh, they're, they're getting girl, literally like the year after you got married, I started feeling like, oh my God, all my friends are getting engaged. Where does that leave me? You know, like it's, I started feeling that way. But then mm. I remember going to my therapist and feeling really bad about it because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to look around other people's lives and I don't want to compare my path to mm-hmm. others. Like I obviously don't want to do that, but I'm still so frustrated. And the one what I loved, oh my God, I love Stephanie. Girl, she's my favorite. Um, she was like, Vanessa, first off, it's okay to feel like mm-hmm. this is kind of unfair. You know, mm-hmm. like if you think about it, we've all been moving in a herd for a very long time. And so when you see the people who are very much in your age group doing other things that you feel mm-hmm. like you should be doing at this moment, it's not necessarily true. You can mm-hmm. feel frustrated by it. That's, I mean, you, you're mm-hmm. allowed to feel frustrated and affected by it. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, well, their circumstances, their lives and experiences are unique to their own person. Yeah. So for me to be like, it's like apples and oranges. It's, it doesn't. That's a great therapist. She is. That's she, a great <laughs> I could never, I sing her praises all the time and I'm yeah. so fortunate and lucky that yeah. it was my first therapist. Yeah. That's a great therapist. They're not all are good. Just like doctors, just like teachers. No. Yeah. There's definitely not. not everyone's perfect in their profession, but it's okay. I, I remember the, the, when I got her recommendation, one of the things was like her, I guess on psychology today, you get to have a profile. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she is like, not certified, but like the concentrations that yeah. she has specializes in, um, one of them was just empathy-based counseling. 
And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I feel like I know what that means. And I, I, I like it. Yes. Um, That's important. Right. So the first time I gave her a call just to like, you know, like introduce myself and like, be like, Hey, I really do need to see someone. I remember, uh, sitting in the, my car in a parking garage after work. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I heard her voice and the way that she just presented herself to me virtually on all, like it, Mm-hmm. I just, it was, I, I don't even know. It just felt yeah. so safe and, and calming that immediately I just, I started crying to her. I don't know this woman. I have no idea yeah. who this woman is, but she just made me feel so safe right away. So but that's the connections we need in yeah. just individual therapy, couples counseling, family yeah. counseling, student athlete, mental health. Like that's what can prevent these things. You know, you can't yes. prevent all of them. Right. But that's what connection. Right. That's right. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm no athlete right now. Right. So when I needed professional help, I was not in a good place, but imagine being an athlete here, you know, well, with being, you know, say like, okay. My, I was going to say, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. Or yeah. no matter who you are, if you need help, you need help. You need help. Okay. Bottom line, doesn't matter what you do, yeah. what you're involved in. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was the best, probably the best decision I ever. And one of the things I also wanted to call attention here um, mm-hmm. on this episode was like Angelica's role in my life specifically. She, so a very long time ago, something really awful kind of happened with me and uh, one of my boyfriends I had at the time. Um, he wasn't good. He was a toxic, toxic man who eventually actually had to go get real professional help at a facility uh, later on in his in his years. But in the time that I knew him, he just was a very... Uh, it was not a good egg. <laughs> not a good egg whatsoever. Um, our relationship was very manipulative. It was at yeah. times very verbal and physically abusive. So it was, and for someone like me, who I was about 15 years old, this was my first official actual relationship where I was going to his house. He was coming mm-hmm. to mine. We were going on dates and, um, you know, coming from a household that really emphasized, you know, loving someone regardless of what they mm-hmm. have done. Um, I was in a weird position where I thought that my heart, the empathy that I had was made for this person who obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't not to say didn't deserve it because I think everyone deserves that on like just love like that. But, um, it, he kind of just, I don't know, perverted it in a way. It Mm -hmm. just, it just didn't really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Angelica's role here, she's always been that kind of voice of logic, at least for me. Um, (laughs) when I too much, (laughs) a little, Hey, but you know, again, like I said before, I need it because (laughs) sometimes we would be chatting, like we would have in between our houses, there is a septic hill, which is like, (laughs) it is awesome. You get the snow on there. You get to go sliding. We would have like countless winters. We would just fucking send it. Um, it was a good time, but we would always meet on, on that, that mound there or in the, by the swings and, and just talk about like, you know, life and, I would share with her, you know, one of the dudes that are, you know, liking me and I kind of like him. And I would tell, tell her the whole circumstance and her just saying, well, I don't really like it because he seems like a tool. Like her, he seems awful. I don't really like this whole situation. You're, you don't deserve that. And sometimes I'd be like, yeah. And then other times I'd be like, eh, you don't know, which got me in trouble with this specific person. Um, and so, uh, 
I remember we were having a sleepover with another friend of yours and uh, I just started talking oh to Angelica. Gosh, that's yeah. right. I yeah. remember that. I remember who it was. Um, oh, and wow. <laughs> See, I buried that. I buried that. <laughs> I remember just kind of telling Angelica what's going on um, mm-hmm. in my life and, you know, talking about my current relationship. And she really already didn't really like him to begin with. Um, and I just was telling her about what happened, I guess, in the week or the week before. And I remember clear as a bell, Angelica was like, Vanessa, I don't think that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think someone like who says that they love you. Like, I don't think that they should be treating you like that. Like, I don't, I don't like, like she was clearly Angelica was throwing up the red flag. She was like, Hey, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. And when she told me this, when you told me this, yeah. I, it just, I was like, oh my God, you're yeah. completely right. What am I doing? And we, and I broke up with him that night. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I literally was like, I will text him right now. <laughs> <laughs> give me your phone. She's like, give me your phone. I will do it for you. And I was like, ah. and I, you know, probably shouldn't text. Listen, don't ever text break up with people. That's rude as hell. But you know what? When it you're was a teenager, well deserved. That's right. When you're a teenager, That's you don't right. know any better. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Grown ass people don't do it. That's right. If you're <laughs> if you're a grown ass person, you don't do it. You don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, she we that night I I broke up with him and uh, Angelica definitely she gave me the support to do so to make me feel like this is a good idea and that I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I always like say that. If it wasn't for like that, I don't even think that sleepover was like planned. I think, you mm-hmm. know, you were, you were going to already have a sleepover. And I think mm-hmm. we were kind of talking and like, I asked what you're doing this weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm having the sleepover if you want to come over. And I'm like, hell yeah, I love sleepovers. And it wasn't supposed to be, but was. And mm-hmm. from that, I was able to get out of a really bad predicament. Mm-hmm. And it like, I don't, to this day, like, I don't know what would have happened. I would hope that maybe organically it would have happened mm-hmm. either way, but yeah. oh god, yeah, it's yeah. My therapist loves you, by the way. She um, okay, she does. She does. Stephanie, Stephanie, like because when obviously when you get to know your counselor, your therapist, you kind of mm-hmm. obviously you run through a lot of the things you talk about, like the people in your mm-hmm. life. And when I told her this and I told her your significance in the story and then, you know, followed by like what you do as Mm -hmm. a job and what you want to do with your life Mm -hmm. and your passions. She was like, you know what, she's like, Angelica, I (laughs) like her. Like, I love that she is just your brain sometimes. Like, you know, like, because we all need. Listen, no, we all, it's like, we all need someone in our lives that could step in and be the brain for us for like a second. Yeah. But I think that's important. It's important because not everyone can have that type of friendship That's right. where like, I can like probably say something too, too much. And I'd be like, Ooh, my bad. (laughs) And then you would be like, no, like I get it. Like, it's okay. I'm not mad at you. And I'd be like, Oh crap. Like, thank God. Because like (laughs) some other friends, it might like, it might have to be a whole apology or it might have to be a whole thing where like, you know, I could just be like, Ooh, like that didn't come out right. My bad. And like, we're like, okay. <laughs> like, and we don't get like offended or it doesn't like rock our friendship, you know? So. No, no, that's a good, that's honestly, 
if we're talking like foundation blocks of friendship, yeah. that's, that's really important. Yeah. Um, because like for what, uh-huh. you know, like I remember there's been countless times where in our relationship, it, I mean, we had to both like really be transparent with each other about our feelings and like, yeah. and I'm sure in that moment, that was a lot of like, that's a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. kind of building up. Cause you're like, I don't know how this person is going to react to yeah. what I need to tell them. Yeah. Um, there was a time that you, you called me out We were I was, and usually I was like, what the hell? Cause usually like, <laughs> I was like, you called me out. Um, Which doesn't happen like, often. You, well, because you try to, you do, but you do it in a gentle way where like, you're not always like direct. And I'm just like, I know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> but like this time you were direct as hell. And I was like, my, I got like whiplash. We were literally at your house and it was like during my whole parents divorce. And like my husband and I were just dating at the time, but like, I was a terrible person, like not terrible, but like, I was like miserable. I was miserable. And like, I wasn't being my true self. So like the time my husband was like, you got to get your shit together basically. Like, because I don't even recognize you, like all this stuff. And I remember like texting him and I was like, so upset, but we were going to sleep and you were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. You're like, no, you're not. Like you were like, I was like, excuse me. And you were like, you're out worried that he's going to leave you. And and I was like, oh, uh, and I just started like crying. And I was like, yeah. Right, but it was true and it was because I was just like in this it was a terrible time but like I remember that too where I was like he was calling me out for it but I was just like oh stop it you're being me but then I was like oh I was like my best friend just called me out for it too okay I guess she's right I guess (laughs) I mean there was a lot going on at that moment so like you know it's 100 percent. yeah you kind of you need that that friendship I don't know a lot of people don't have um, the pr- privilege to say that they have a connection with someone yeah. that lasts beyond a decade. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's honestly like, it's, it's amazing. I think it's pretty yeah. fantastic. I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm, I'm grateful that Angelica has been a constant presence in my life for the most part and, and vice versa, mm-hmm. because um, again, like it takes good friends yeah. To tell you, like to put a mirror up to you. Yeah. You know, that's a good friend who's able mm-hmm. to kind of give you a mirror and be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what's happening because you don't see it directly. Yeah. I'm going to show you. I still like, I'm still so amazed by the fact that you, you, mm-hmm. you were the one who was like, this is not okay. Yeah. You need to do something about this mm-hmm. and we need to break up with him tonight. Mm-hmm. And we did. And I'm glad that you did oh. because. You don't like to hurt people's feelings. I don't. <laughs> ever. And even though sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm, just make it like sting a little. Like, it's okay. <laughs> but that was like, a, there was no discussion. Like, no. for that one, there was no. no discussion. And it was a long time coming too. I think yeah. I just needed to put the facts out on the table and have someone else look at it and be like, yeah, this is all bad. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's. That's primarily what I also wanted to kind of touch upon a little mm-hmm. too, because yeah. um, that's it's important mm-hmm. somehow. But yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else I have. I don't know, girl. I think we did good. I think we did good too. 
Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for just joining me today and just talking about, you know, your passions and what you're doing and, and, um, and also just like hanging out with me. Um, but yeah, Thanks thank for you for having me. Of I'll be course. on any time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Angelica. Yep. If you would like to, um, if anyone would like to follow the Inspa journey, where can they, where can they follow um, you? I'm on Instagram at inspa.byjo. Okay. And that's I-N-S-P-A. Dot B-Y-G-E-L. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank hey. you so much. I love you very much. I love um, you. And I'm sure we can both agree that to whoever is listening, you are absolutely loved. You are yes. super, super important. Your mental health is, is a priority and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stop, don't take shit from yourself. Okay. No. Take nice care of yourself. yourself. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. See ya.